Hey, good morning, everyone. So glad to see everyone here. Um, welcome to anybody who is joining us on a live stream. We are so blessed that you guys can be here with us, um, even though not physically. Um, we're so glad that you guys are there with us. So if you want to drop a welcome in the chat box, you can do that um, just to acknowledge that you are here with us. Um, for those of you that don't know me, um, I am Nikki Nickerson. I'm the student pastor here at Centennial, so I have the fun privilege of pastoring to our middle school and high school students, and it is a fun privilege. I like those kids. They're great. They're amazing. Even though out of our 30 kids, we have six girls, so as you can imagine, we have a lot of fun. Um, but I hope everyone had a really good Christmas. Um, for Ben and I, it's a really extra special Christmas because if you guys can't tell, I did not eat too many sweets. Yes, I am pregnant. Um, and we're adding to the boy population here at church. So um, it's, it's strong here in our church because I know there are a lot of boys. Um, so we're just thrilled and delighted to be um, parents for the first time. So for me, it's exciting because it's my first time up here preaching with my son, and I know it's not going to be the last. So for me, it's, a, it's an extra special moment for this morning. So I'm glad that you guys are here joining us as well. Um, we've just ended our Advent series on home. If you've been joining us and how God wants to provide an eternal home for us, and this morning... We're going to continue with this idea of home, and we're going to look at the concept of hospitality. And so we'll be looking at a couple of different scriptures and passages um, this morning. But before we dive into what is a biblical concept of hospitality, I want to explore what does our culture say hospitality is, and is it the same thing what scripture and Jesus says that hospitality should look like? So to help us out, I love inviting our kids. And as you can see, we've got some of our kiddos here. They're wearing PJs. I see some of our families wearing pajamas this morning. So excellent job. I really wish that I could wear pajamas. Um, I'd be a lot more comfortable, but don't know if I should. I've got like a Christmas onesie. Maybe that would have been great. I don't know. Um, so if I can have all of our kids come up and sit here on the stage, Miss Steph is going to come up here and help us out. So all of our kids, come on up here. You guys can have a seat with us. I like the unicorn robe. But is it a robe or is it a onesie? A yes. It looks super soft. Is it a Christmas gift? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. Perfect. Oh, make room. Here we go. I'm going to come over here. Yes. Great. Okay. Did you guys all have a good Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You guys can turn and look at me. That's okay. I know. We're going we're gonna to ignore our parents for just a second. That's okay. They're just going to drop in on our conversation. So we have this really big word about hospitality. Have any of you guys heard the word hospitality before? You have? Okay. Miss Steph, you want to ask? Is this Eliza? Okay. Miss Eliza, what is hospitality? I don't know what it means, but I've heard the word. You've heard the word? Okay, great. How many of you, so most of you have it. Does anybody want to take a guess at what the word hospitality means? What do you think it might mean? Yes. Maybe like, maybe like, like it maybe means like you have hospitality to like be brave and do something that you're scared. Okay. 
Yeah, that's a great guess. I like that. Helping people in a hospital. Helping people in a hospital. Yes. Feeling mad. Feeling mad. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Um. Being mad and sad. Being mad and sad. For some of us, maybe as parents, you guys might know what hospitality means. So. <laughs> oh. Being scared. Being scared. Okay. So there's a lot of. A lot of good answers here, but let's look at what the definition means. So this is the definition. It says the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. Now, some of you had said, "Oh, fearful or whatnot." How many of you guys are scared to talk to other people and invite them places? Where you're like, "Oh, I don't really want to talk to them," or are you guys like, "I want my friends to come and play with me. Let's do this." Okay. So we got like we got a good mix. So how many of you like to invite your friends over to your house? Yeah. Okay, all of you. I love it. Why do you guys like to invite your friends over? Why do you guys like to invite your friends over? Cause it's fun. Cause it's fun. Cause I get bored not doing anything. Cause you get bored. Yes. Anybody else? Why else do you guys invite your friends over? For the birthday. For a birthday. Yeah. Any other ideas why we do this? Yeah. To see them. To see them. Yes. So all of these are so good because we invite them into our home for fun, for play, because we're bored. Now the other question is, how many of you feel safe at your house? How many of you guys feel safe? Every single one of them. Good job to the families for making your home feel safe for your kids. Now, why does it feel safe to you guys? Why do your homes feel safe to you? Because you've lived there your whole life. Lived there your whole life. Sort of like that too. Okay. Yeah. Any other ideas? Why is your home safe? Or yeah. That's where your parents are, which are actually making the home safe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Any other ideas? Maybe you guys have a specific room in your house that you go to. What room is that? Ah,、uh, my sister and me have the same room, and then we have a toy room in the other room. Yeah. My basement. Your basement. Because I get a play, and there's there's my sister's room, which has a locked door. She can lock. <laughs> the playroom. The playroom. Why does it make you feel safe in the playroom? Because it has all our toys. All your toys. Okay, there's a lot of toy going on here. Yeah. Any other ideas? Why you guys feel safe at home? Any other things you want to say? Okay. So it's really, really awesome that your homes feel safe. That mom and dad are there. That you guys have lived there a really long time. That you have familiar things. And when we think about this, we invite our friends over into that safe space, right? Because we know that they're going to have fun. We know that they're going to be safe. We know that they are going to be restful there. Because we are. Does that sound like anybody that we might know who invites us into those safe places, into his home? Vianella, my friend. Your friend. Your friend has some spaces. Yeah. Your family. Your family. Okay. Um, because you can lock the door. You can lock the door. You can lock the door to, so you feel safe. Hundred percent. Yes. So. We invite this because, guys, this is what true hospitality is all about, and this is what we're going to talk about this morning about biblical hospitality. Can all of you guys say hospitality? Hospitality. Okay. 
So in scripture, biblical hospitality is this idea of inviting others into our homes to make them feel safe and to make them feel at rest. And you, you know what's super awesome and super special about all of this? There's one person that wants to invite us into his forever home to make us feel safe and special. Who is that? God. God, yeah. God wants to invite us into his eternal forever home to make us feel safe, to make us feel special, so that we can be at rest and we can know that we can come into his home with whatever it is that we are going through and go, whew, this feels good. Don't we all want that? Yeah. And so as we show hospitality and generosity and kindness to others, let's first remember how Jesus showed us kindness and generosity and hospitality to us. Do you think we can remember that? Yeah? So what you guys are going to do here in a second is you guys are going to go with Miss Steph and Miss Noel, and you guys are going to get some modeling clay, and you're going to get some different, um, and make some different creations. And what you are going to create is your home or that room in your home that makes you feel safe. How many of you guys think you can do that? Yeah. And then the other amazing thing that you guys get to do is after you are done creating at the end of our time, is you guys are going to bring your creations back, and you're going to put them out on the table there so that as we are dismissed, we can come and talk to you and look at your creations and you can share with us what you created and why it makes you feel safe. Does that feel good? Okay, let me pray for our time and then you guys can go and create. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you um, for our kids and just the way that they teach us. I just pray, Lord, that as we show generosity and kindness to others, as you have shown us that we keep the heart of hospitality um, within our homes. May our homes be places of safety and of rest. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, kids, you guys are dismissed. So we're going we're gonna to keep going, thanks to our kids to helping us out, just kind of introducing what hospitality is. And it's, it's fun for me to see into the eyes of kids of what is this really big word and how do we practice it? And some of them did say fear, scared. And honestly, those feelings and emotions centered around this is actually kind of true. <laughs> it's kind of scary sometimes to show generosity, to show hospitality to others, because maybe it's not our gifting, or maybe we're just like, oh, I don't want to talk to other people, or I'm an introvert, and I need my space, and no thank you. But before we really delve into that, we're going to look at a biblical concept of hospitality and how we are to practice this. And so first it's, what is hospitality? And when you hear the word hospitality, what comes to mind? So just, just be thinking about that and just inside of you, maybe there's a memory or a feeling or an emotion. And so what I did is I asked some of our students, some of my family friends, and these are the different things that they said when I asked them what hospitality meant. An atmosphere of inviting people in, 
creating a cozy atmosphere to feel homey, getting my house cleaned for when people come over and not feeling guilty about it, extending warmth and generosity to those with whom I have invited or those that have shown up unannounced. Verse Hebrews 13.2, which we're going to look at a little bit later, is it means sacrifice because that's not one of my giftings, but being welcoming to all. Having people over to the house, cooking food, comfortability, pouring generosity into others, food, laughter, taking people in and meeting their needs, no matter what they look like, and your past with them. Making sure the other person or people feel safe, even if it's uncomfortable for you. So we see there's this wide range of what hospitality means to other people based off of their experiences, based off of what they have seen or understood. But is there a true definition of hospitality? Is any one of these the right one? I would say that it's kind of a a mixture of all of these together because we see with all of these, it's about inviting others. It's about being generous and kind but I, wanna, I want us to look at, it's not just a Southern hospitality. It's not just opening up the door and welcoming people in. But it's this profound, deep sense of hospitality. When I was in college, um, I moved here from California. And there was a couple at my church that kind of adopted me and welcomed me into their family. And they never saw me as an outsider. I was one of their family members for all four years of college. I came to all of their family gatherings. They invited me into their space, into their home. They walked me through some hard times. And they showed me this deep sense of what biblical hospitality meant to me. Of, hey, we know you're not family, but we know that you, we want you to welcome you into our home, into our space And I just felt safe and I felt at home when I was in their presence. So how do we um, capture that essence? Well, in Hebrews 13, chapter uh, chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, we read, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so... Some people have shown hospitalities to angels without knowing it. Now, we know this first verse pretty well, right? Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. It's one of the greatest commandments that God has given us is to love others as ourself, to extend that love. But then the author puts in that that simple little word, but. (laughs) Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, this author is saying, hey, that love has to extend out to strangers and to people who aren't like you. I would say that's pretty difficult, pretty hard sometimes, right? To cross that barrier, to cross that threshold, to look at strangers who are different than us and to extend them hospitality. And we have to love the outsider, I want to focus on this phrase, show hospitality. And we have to look at two different Greek words to understand this. And the two different Greek words are um, phylos, which means warm affection or friendship. 
And it's one of the four loves that is mentioned culturally. And then the other word, xenos, means stranger or alien. So it's kind of two different, two different words here. Warm affection or friendship, stranger or alien. So how do these go together? Well, xenos is actually where we get the term xenophobia, which is fear of the outsider or the stranger or the other. And so the biblical practice is that we are to love strangers. We're to love others. We're to love those who are different than us, which is easier said than done, right? And I I would argue that this biblical concept is unknown in our world. Our calling, therefore, is to figure out how are we to cultivate inside of us this profound, deep love of hospitality to those who are different than us, to those that we just kind of want to put up a wall and a barrier and say, nope, this is my space, you stay over there. And to make things even more complicated, things seem to have fallen apart in these past few years. There's been more division, more hatred, more of those lines of, hey, I'm here, this is an uh, us versus them. And when we draw that line and when we categorize people as us versus them, there's something psychologically and emotionally that goes on within us. And what we do is we stop allocating our resources of empathy and compassion to everybody else around us. And we draw that line and we hold back from those who are different than us. But to show hospitality is to show love and generosity to those who are different than us. Henry Nouwen wrote this about biblical hospitality. Hospitality means primarily the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. I just love that. And so are we creating these kinds of spaces in our homes? Free space to offer them where they can come as they are, to offer this space where they can just feel at rest and at peace and safe. For them to know that when they walk through your door, that they are coming into a space that is free without judgment. Are we doing that within our homes? So then why should we practice hospitality? Why is this so important for us to practice? Well, we all know the standard ways of, like the to-do list Christian ways of read our Bible, uh, read scripture, pray, be in fellowship, go to church, right? All of those things that we learn in Sunday school that we can just spout off and that slew of things to help us grow. But is hospitality a practice in that list of yours? Is it central to who we are? Is it central to our homes? Is it central to our families? I'd argue that it needs to be. I'd argue it because all human hospitality, all biblical hospitality, 
flows from the divine hospitality that Jesus first displayed to us. So what do I mean by this? Well, there are three different times in the gospel that talks about the Son of Man coming. The first is to seek and save the lost, which is all about Jesus' heart for the lost. The second one is his life as a ransom, his atoning sacrifice to make it possible. But the third one, the third one is this. Son of Man came eating and drinking. That was the methodology through which Jesus' hospitality made the gospel possible to us. In Ephesians, we read, Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Sometimes we get arrogant, right? Sometimes we're, we're pretty arrogant. It's a very us-I culture. And we write ourselves into the story in the wrong places. We think about times where we write ourselves into this and we make ourselves look like the good guy. and It makes us think that we have the right to turn away others. But rather, rather than realizing we, we are the outsiders rescued by the grace of Jesus, we're the outsiders. We're the ones that were separate from Christ. We were foreigners, and Jesus showed us hospitality first. And so when you begin to see the Gospels in this light, you realize that that is what Jesus is doing for us. That he was creating environments of welcome to convert the identity of the people who were considered outsiders and rejects by the culture that he was in. And he did this so that the kingdom of God could be extended here on earth. And that is what we've been called to do today. To create environments of welcome for those that are outsiders. How are we creating these within our homes? How are we creating this wherever we go and with whatever we do? How are we creating these environments? And we see all throughout scripture where Jesus sat with the sinners. He went out with the tax collectors. He talked with Zacchaeus. We see at the Last Supper, around the table, there was all different cultures and all different backgrounds, breaking bread and having fellowship with one another. And what's the importance of all these stories? He was with people. He lingered in their presence. And he loved on them despite their background. He didn't care about that. He wanted to know their story. He wanted to know who they were at their core. And he extended that hospitality towards them. Because you see, our culture, they practice conditional hospitality, which says, I'll give to those who are in my group. I'm going I'm to show generosity and hospitality to my group. But those others, eh, maybe sometimes, but not all the time. And this is at the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's that Jesus brought a wrecking ball of grace through all the boundaries that were established. And he said, no, we're not following that. 
We're not going to do what culture expects us to do. Because Jesus showed unconditional hospitality. He sat with women, which made the disciples really nervous, because that was against a cultural norm to go and talk to other women, especially if you were a Jew and a Samaritan. He went places that no Jewish leaders would even think of going. And every time he went, he always met people and created environments that extended the boundaries of the kingdom of God. And so biblical hospitality produces portals of belonging so the kingdom of God can be extended in the world. Are we creating these portals of belonging so the kingdom can be established here within our homes? And so this leads us to our final point of how do we practice this hospitality? What does this look like in our life? And especially for those of us that maybe biblical hospitality or hospitality in general do not come easy for us. Because again, we don't want to invite people. That's scary. That's hard. Jesus did it. Maybe we should too. <laughs> well, in 1 Peter 4.8 we read, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I don't know about you, but when I read this, I'm like, this is a straight-up Christian bookstore quote. <laughs> right? We see this on wall placards. We see this on bracelets. We see all of these different things. Love covers over a multitude of sins. That's it. Like, okay, hold on. There's a little more that's going on here because it continues. A lot of times we stop here, but this verse continues, and we read in verse 9. Offer hospitality to one, to one another without grumbling. <laughs> right? We normally don't see that on wall placards. We normally don't see that on journals or anything like that, right? No. <laughs> because often this idea of hospitality is more appealing than loving the actual person we're called to show hospitality towards. This idea is beautiful, but the act is hard. We must show it sacrificiously without grumbling. I'm just going to keep emphasizing that, speaking to the choir here of, okay, without grumbling, people are coming over. I've got this. It doesn't need to be perfect. Okay, here we go. <laughs> little pep talk, maybe. And maybe some of you have had people over for dinner after church, and you're like, oh, thank goodness that they are gone. <laughs> right? How many of you are just like, oh, whew, got my home back, got my space back. <laughs> I got one person. Thanks, Travis, you know, for being honest. Um, because sometimes we show up as the moral police rather than extending the mercy and ministry of Jesus to others. Rather than just simply being there in their presence to hear their stories, to hear their differences, we start to judge them. Those who think differently about issues in our world today, do you judge and dis dismiss them? Or are you genuinely interested in what they have to say? Even if you're different than them, how are you listening intently? and setting aside those differences 
and saying, come into my home. I want to hear your story. I want to hear what it is that you are going through. Now, one of the kids talked about hospital, and they aren't wrong about hospitality, because the English word hospitality originates from the same Latin root where we get the term hospital. Because hospital is literally a home for strangers. Sky um, Genthi uh, says this about homes and hospitals. Our homes are to be hospitals, refuge of healing radiating the light of heaven. And our dinner tables are to be operating tables, the place where broken souls are made whole again. In our churches, people should rest from their battle for acceptance and release from the lie that they are nothing more than the goods they possess. When we lower our defense, when we remove our facades and our peepholes, and we begin to be truly present with one another, then the healing power of the gospel can begin its work. Our homes are hospitals, places of refuge, places of acceptance. We need to go deeper with people's stories. Ben and I have an extension table um, at our dining room table. How many of you guys have those extension tables that have leaves in them and it can just keep growing and growing? My grandparents also have one that can fit like 20 people around the table. It's great. But I think about this when I think about hospitality and when I think about Jesus inviting people and when we invite people into our homes. Would he say, oh, keep that square table of four? Or would he just keep adding in leaves, adding in chairs? Here, stretch it. Go make space. Go get this. Go get this chair. I want every single person around this table. I've got to to feed more people this grace. We need to be people constantly extending the table to the lost, to the broken, and to the outsiders so they can feast on his goodness. I think of Mary and Martha. Um... And I think about how we have these two different contrasting sisters. We have Martha that's caught up and wrapped up in all of the day-to-day life and tasks rather than sitting at the feet of Jesus. Um, Let's see if I have... You can... I don't know if I have Luke 10 up here. I do not. Okay, I did not make it. Um, that's okay. So if you guys want to turn to Luke 10, um, that is just fine. You guys can read that on your own. Verse 38 through 42, we have this story of Mary and Martha, right? Jesus and the disciples are going, and Mary and Martha invite Jesus into their homes. And Martha's just doing all of these to-do tasks and everything like that. And then Mary goes and sits at Jesus' feet. And I think that this story is about hospitality, and it teaches us one powerful thing which we saw with Jesus and all of the other stories, the power of presence. When we have lingered in the presence of Jesus, his traits of kindness, faithfulness, and grace fill us up and spill over into the ways that we serve others. 
It spills over into our homes, into our families, and when others come into our homes, they feel his presence. They know that they are coming into a space that is safe, restful, and grace-filled. And so I ask us this this morning. Are you lingering in the presence of Jesus? Do your homes reflect this? Or are we so caught up in being the perfect host of entertaining and making sure our counters are sparkling clean? I know for me, that's something I I tell myself daily, is I think that our home has to be perfect for family and for friends. That there can't be clutter out, there can't be dishes, there can't be anything, and too often I get wrapped up in this concept and this idea of I have to be the perfect host that our life is put together because our home is put together. <laughs> we, can, we can relate to that, can't we? And instead, just offering them to, to come into the space where there's dishes that are dirty, where there is mail on the counter, where things aren't put together, and just saying, hey, coming in, come into our home. Let us linger in the presence of Jesus where you feel safe, where you feel accepted, and where our table has been extended and will keep extending to those who are different than us. Because this is what the kingdom of God is. It disrupts and it dismantles all of the human barriers that are put up, and it creates a new humanity in our midst. Can you go back one, Katrina? Um, Henry, now and again, he wrote this. Our society seems to be increasingly full of fearful, defensive, aggressive people, anxiously clinging to their property and inclined to look at their surrounding world with suspicion, always expecting an enemy to suddenly appear, intrude, and do harm. But, that's, but still, that's our vocation to convert the enemy into a guest and to create the free and fearless space where brotherhood and sisterhood can be formed and fully experienced. You may not be too sinful for Jesus to use you, but you may be too busy. Do you have space in your life to obey the prompting of the Spirit and create a space of belonging within your home? Because as believers, we're called to cross categories and boundaries with the love of Jesus. Aren't you glad that Jesus did that for you? Aren't you glad that he saw you as valuable and extended his heart and his mercy towards you? Who are we to follow a savior like that than turn an inward out of a fear and shut others out? Hospitality is not secondary. Hospitality is central to the way Jesus' mission thrives in this world. I would say that there are a lot of people in our culture that are just hungry for a place to be loved. How many people who are violent and angry and opposed are simply in a crisis because nobody has cared? Nobody has looked at them and said, hey, you're welcome here. I want to extend hospitality towards you. I can't help but wonder what would happen in this world if followers of Jesus every week just said, let me look for a portal of belonging to transform the identity of an outsider for a stranger to a brother or a sister. 
And if every Christian family in the world simply offered good conversational hospitality around a table once a week, we would eat our way into the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Because too often we make it so hard and so specialized. But it's as simple as this. People want you to take an interest in them, to hear their story. All you have to do is love, listen, and let the power of Jesus come. And so this brings us to your move. There's two different questions that I want to ask as you guys go into the new year. The first one is, what does it look like for us to linger in the presence of Jesus this week? To be filled with his grace, his faithfulness, and goodness so that when others come into their homes, they feel his, his, his presence. They know, oh, I'm safe. Whew, I'm accepted. I'm welcome in this space. Second question is, how are we inviting others into our homes to create a space where they feel loved, accepted, and can take a deep breath to just be them? And so may all of our homes be a blessing to others, to be a hospital where others can come to find healing and safety, to be people of God on mission in the world, extending mercy, grace, and hospitality around our tables. I'm going to invite worship team back here, back up here. We're going to end with a song, but let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for showing us hospitality as strangers in this world. God, may you fill us up with your goodness, with your presence, so that we can be a blessing to others, so that we can be a blessing to the next generation. Father, may we linger in your presence so that we can create portals of belonging in the spaces that we go and in our homes. Thank you for being with us and extending your hospitality towards us. Amen.